afternoon and welcome to our second edition of Innovators Drinking Java. It's our hope to inspire ideas among educators in Frederick County and in this podcast series we hope to dive into the world of education reflecting on the question just how are teachers engaging students in their learning. We'll be meeting up with teachers from around the county that have inspired students and staff with many many innovative strategies. And we are here at Ibiza Cafe off of Market and 4th Street in downtown Frederick, Maryland. This cafe has a calming and rejuvenating atmosphere that I am just loving. Top recommendations for summer, as far as drinks go, are iced fruit tea, which is what I'm drinking for the second time this week. And I hear Passion Twins iced tea is also fabulous, so that will be saved for next time. Yum. I am Laura Shear. And I'm Ann Duncan, and this is episode two of our podcast. And we're here with Lindsay Anderson from Frederick High School. Lindsay's an art teacher with 13 years of experience under her belt, and I, again, have had the fortune of being able to teach with Lindsay. So, Lindsay, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yes, we are so happy to have you here. Um, I, for one, have been looking forward to this experience. So... Um, before we begin, Lindsay, what are you drinking today? Well, I am the only one drinking Java. Just, <laughs> just so everybody knows, they are both drinking tea, it's and true. I follow the rules. So I have a, I believe it's a double espresso on the rocks with some whipped cream and a little cherry on top. Super to cute. Yes. Java tea. Yeah, I had so much coffee coming into this. I can't do anymore. <laughs> Well, Lindsay, can you tell us a little bit about how you started out your first few years as a teacher? Yeah, um, so I'll just tell you a little bit about just leading up to it. Um, I had no idea that I wanted to be a teacher until I had an internship. I was a computer graphics major. I always knew I wanted to do art. That was not the issue. Um, but I did this internship and could not sit behind a computer screen all day. Like I needed to be moving, I needed to be interacting with people. And the designers were just kind of, I don't know, they were just immersed in their work. And, and I like to be a people person and I like to, to interact. So um, someone just mentioned to me, hey, have you ever thought about teaching? And I was like, well, no, not really. But you know what, now that you say that, let me let me look into it and then so I signed up for my first class at Mount St. Mary's to my master's in teaching because I already had my bachelor's and the first class I was sold completely and utterly sold the principal at Gettysburg High School actually he, his like passion was so contagious that I was just yeah I knew that's what I should be doing so first couple years though were interesting I think as any new teacher would say I had no idea what classroom management actually meant and I think they could tell <laughs> and I was also teaching like a little bit out of my content area and then a little bit in my content area so it was just you know definitely a learning experience but obviously I, I loved it even though it was tough but I think it's tough for anybody in the first couple of years I just got as involved as I possibly could and kept on teaching in terms of student engagement, um, the strategies that you use now, I'm sure, have evolved over the years. Can you talk about the kinds of strategies you use for engaging your students now? Yeah, definitely. So I actually recently wrote a blog post, um, and it was also published in our Making Learning Personal, um, mm, nice. where it was kind of like an interactive blog post about how you can make learning engaging for your students. And it was based upon 
Catelyn Tucker. I'm a, I'm a fan of Catelyn Tucker, of course. Um, we are too. Yes. Oh, yeah. Active involvement in learning that is relevant, valuable, and interesting for the students. I mean, it makes perfect sense. If it's not relevant, it's not valuable, and it's not interesting, they're not going to be engaged. So I strive to just fulfill those three things with each project. Just like, for example, we'll do um, Inktober on social media, like there are artists from all over the world. My students also participate in Inktober as our creativity activator. First 15 minutes of every class for the whole month of October, that's what they're doing and they can interpret it however they want. Um, we've done, we've commissioned art pet portraits um, for uh, staff members around the holidays. Um, so I just try to provide these like authentic experiences for them beyond just teaching them an art technique, I guess, because that can be found on YouTube whenever you want. It's like, how can I make this relevant to them and valuable? And if they know that they're creating for someone or for someone else to see besides me necessarily, you know, just me, they are a lot more engaged for sure. So I think that authenticity piece is so important. Yes. And I actually, I have started a document with all of my projects and I try to think of an authentic like audience for each one of those. And sometimes it's just a showcase in the hallway, but it's still someone other than me that is seeing their work. So whether or not, Mm -hmm. you know, I have it displayed at the Frederick, uh, the downtown Frederick Visitor Center right now for, or what we did for restaurant week, Um, we created chalk pastels of food, um, had it displayed there. So how have strategies for engaging students changed since the pandemic began in 2020? Mm -hmm. Yes, okay, so this is huge, this is huge. I feel like I have to support more of the executive functioning skills and strategies that students have just because things have changed. You know, the the two years that they've been looking at their phones, you know, Mm -hmm. has carried over into the classroom and it's just really hard to um, get back to that, like, okay, I have this task to do and this task to manage. So sometimes like I have to scale back my, my fun jazzed up lessons to like more of the basics and you know here's the chunk that we're doing today and here's some goal setting strategies or even just you know blended learning. It frees me up from the front of the classroom so that I can work alongside my students because they need me to work alongside them. They need to be pulled one-on-one, they need to be pulled in small groups, they need all of that or they yeah. just can't put it all together. So. You know, before, I would say pre-pandemic, I would have a playlist and they were pretty good about navigating it on their own, but now it takes a lot more um, scaffolding, just guiding yeah. Uh, them. Yeah, yeah, because we, we have to re-establish this whole independent creative thinker. I've invited many people. I said, please come to my classroom because you can witness what high school teachers are we're dealing with right now I mean still like my students create amazing stuff but I, I really had to be intentional in how I delivered everything not every student chooses to take art because they're passionate about it some kids get in there because there's nothing else that fits their schedule they think oh art that's an easy a how do you hook those students in particular and really draw them in Yes. So I am an art one teacher and that is also the very first course on the visual and performing art list. So it's likely that more than half of my students are probably not art lovers, Mm. have taken art 
classes, you know, their whole lives. But I do have, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a healthy mix. It's a healthy balance of students who really enjoy it, think they sort of enjoy it, are happy they're taking the class, and then there are the others who are very candid about, yeah, I do not want to be here. I hate art. Can't draw. Gotta go. <laughs> Get me out of here. Oh, and dear. so, yes, yeah, so I do have my work cut out for me. Um, what I try to do, though, is I want to make it known that Yes, everybody's coming to me with different skill levels. And this is like this is a conversation I will have with my students. Like first and foremost, you have, may have taken art since elementary school. You may have never taken an art class in your life and have no idea what the color wheel even means. So we're all together in this space and we're all gonna be doing these projects, but the way that I have to deliver it, well, the way that I think about it is like where you start and where you end up is how I'm going to assess you based on whatever standard it may be. Because mm. be- otherwise, there's, grading. otherwise hey. it's completely unfair. We do absolutely at Frederick, we have standards-based grading, CBE. Uh, yeah, so I just have to I just have to reel them in. You know, I have to make it fun, like I said before, relevant, valuable in some way, even if they, and I, Please know, know that I do not mean this to math teachers, but like, when, how many times have you heard, well, when am I ever going to use this? Yeah. yeah. You know? Okay. Yeah. And my math teacher best friend, she, she might be listening to this. <laughs> you use it all the time, kids. You use it all the time. <laughs> so um, anyway, she can explain how, but yeah. I, but anyway, even just like valuable creative thinking skills, mm. like I have to make that part of it instead of just saying, you know, we're learning about landscapes. No, but we're also learning about the creative opportunities that you could pursue in this area or you are also learning how to use your resources which I would love to talk more about um okay just you know using your resources to become that creative independent learner and maybe they will find value in that um I just and you have to just get to know your students like I have a few students who I think that you know the pencil is really heavy Mm. (laughs) they don't don't want to pick it up and they don't want to draw anything and they're vulnerable too because they may not think that their skills are worthy of showing because the person next to them might be a great artist you know in their mind Mm. so it's a vulnerable space anyway so I just have to gotta get to know my students I have to be creative and I have to be flexible and I pull projects out of hat anytime I will have something different provide choice all of that I love that you meet your students where they are, regardless of where, how, where they are when they get there. You want to see growth versus everyone must meet this standard. It's everyone must grow in this classroom. Um, you said you wanted to talk about resources. Can you tell us more? Yeah, what did so, you mean by that? So my students know what I mean when I say use your resources. And you mentioned earlier, ask three before me. It's very similar. But okay. I first will teach them how to, like the concept of stealing like an artist, one of my favorite artsy books, it honestly could be for anybody, but um, it's Austin Kleon, Steal Like an Artist. And the concept is that everything has been done before in some capacity. So in order to steal like an artist, you use it for inspiration. You don't steal, you don't copy, you don't 
degrade, you don't, you know what I mean, skim. And then there's this whole other list where you could honor the work and reference the work and, uh, you know, just kind of make it your own. So I do first talk about that because the first step in using any type of resources or getting any anywhere with any lesson is just for them to feel confident. And they have to see it. Like they have to see something from somewhere to be able to visualize, especially if they're not used to doing that. Um, but using their resources, so I created this infographic and it says, use your resources. Stuck? Need help? Have a question? Yeah. Use your resources. So first and foremost, like someone next to you or someone in the class probably knows what they're doing. So ask your peers, like talk to each other, you know, it's okay to talk to each other now. Yeah, um, which is a do. skill they need to grow in, yes, for so sure. Peers. And then Schoology, of course, because like I front load everything. I have provided you with just about every resource you could probably want. And then, in high school, we have Google and YouTube at our fingertips. Right. If you have a question, Google it. If you have a question or like want to learn something about a technique or need some inspiration, YouTube it. Because um, we can do that. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. But even in Schoology, I have probably already provided them with several YouTube videos I've already looked at. So really, they could probably start there and not have to go much farther. Um, and then me. I'm the last step. Like, I really want you to be independent. I don't want you to just come to me with your next question or like, I need help, I can't make this color, blah, blah, blah. You can you can use your resources so they know what it is. And I love that you do that because that's something when kids always come to me in the media center and say, you know, um, ask me a question about something, I'm like, where can you find that answer? Right. Right. so important. They it's need, a life skill. Yes. You know? They it's, need to know that almost more than they need to know what the answer is. Yeah. Because yeah. when yeah. you leave high school, if you ask your boss, how do I find the, I'm looking at coffee right now, how do I find the sugar? You know, yeah. it's right. not going to go over well. No. You probably no. have to be a problem solver. Absolutely. <clears throat> so my next question is, um, in terms of <laughs> a lesson or project that you've done, what's a fan favorite of your mm. students? Ooh. Okay, so I I'm sure there's many. Yes. <laughs> all of them. No, I, I get so excited about all of them. They're like, Miss Anderson, you say that about every project. This one's your favorite. I'm like, well, this one really awesome. is. My yep, yes. You're passionate. I yes. it. Um, so they start to like not believe me. But I will say <laughs> that... <laughs> The pet portraits they love because they're creating them for someone and it's for a cause and we actually take commissions and I donate all of that to um, Operation Pause for Homes and this year we did Small Animals Rescue. We raised like $1,500 just what? in my, in my, my two art one classes. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. So, and like everyone's really excited to get whatever they get, you know, because the students really, they they work hard on it because they know it's for someone else. Yeah. And then they can create their own and they take pictures of what they created, but they can create their own and, you know, take that home or whatever. But um, that's a fan favorite. And honestly, I saved the messiest, most, pro like, most work on my end for this past week because I was yeah. not going to have my students just sitting around. So I got out all of our paint. I got out jelly prints, I got out cardboard, I got out everything, and we did a huge like printmaking exploration, and they loved it. And now we're making little things out of our prints. So we're making tags, that's cool. You know, mod podging it on sketchbooks, like giving them away as gifts, like yeah. so. That has been a fan favorite, and I, I honestly, I thought about saving it, or I thought about putting it somewhere else in the, in the school year, but I don't know. I kind of like it here at the end, just to like give them that last little bit of 
of hands-on fun because yeah, I can clean up later. Yeah, <laughs> it's fine. You have my room summer, is a disaster right, right now. Yeah, and it's right. okay because they're. I, I saw every single one of my kids in there actually like, pulling prints. Oh, yesterday. cool! So that was great. That's yeah, a big deal too. Like at yeah. the end of the school year, we have what two days left of the school yeah. year. Yeah. And, and these I, high schoolers are still at it. Like that is a big deal. They were, and they that doesn't me, happen. They said no. There's nothing you can do that if you're gonna make me do anything these last Aww. couple days, and they did. So I love it. Well, I have a dog, Samson, who's pride and joy of mine, and also the mascot of Walkersville Middle School. No. I'm going to send his picture of the pet project. I love it. Yes, I have a couple puppies of my own, Hercules and Luna, and I would love... Maybe have to start reaching out to other people, because so many of our staff members did it. I'm going to have to reach out to other schools and feeder patterns. Yeah, absolutely. And I I was like, how do we do this again? House portraits? That's (laughs) so fun. Portraits of people? I don't know. No, yeah. Yeah, please reach out. Please do, yeah. If you were given all the money in the world, what would your classroom look like? (laughs) So, I was thinking about this on like a classroom level and a school level. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just because, like, I don't know, you know, if if your classroom is one way, it almost has to be like a whole school. So I'm going to talk about school and classroom. Sure, please do. First of all, it would be safe. I've got all the money in the world. It's going to be the safest. What do you mean um, by safe? Safe in every way, in every okay. capacity that you can think of as far as safe goes. Like, they're feeling safe, they're feeling comfortable, good, good, good. it's actually safe. <laughs> um, and then I would, again, I have all the money, so I'm going to hire the best of the best leadership. I will probably consult with my husband because he's probably the best leader I know. <laughs> um, I think he can be the leader, unless the, you know what I mean. So right. <laughs> anyway, I'll consult with him and he will help me hire. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and just having like you just it looks there are clearly commuted communicated expectations blah 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 but in an in an actual aesthetic sense natural light airy comfortable mm. uh, infinite amount of flexible seating arrangements like I want art installations everywhere obviously art everywhere maybe theater you know for those tutorial videos that I'm gonna create. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, what else was I thinking? Oh, healthy food snacks like this place, like maybe like a smoothie bar or um, you know, like a little cafe. Oh my goodness. Um, yeah, just like more of a community setting. Like you feel like you're in, in like a little city or a little something. But all this learning is taking place because we have, like you said, all the money. <laughs> so we have all the resources too. Absolutely. And maybe teacher assistants in every classroom. Absolutely. I love that. Well, tell us a time recently when you tried something new um, or old and it actually didn't go so well, kind of blocked. Yeah, pretty much this whole entire year. (laughs) 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 Because I spent um, all of, I guess, what what year, I mean, I guess it was 2020, 2021 when we were hybrid, we were virtual. I was creating all of these beautiful digital lessons, playlists, creating these choice boards and stuff. And then I would deliver them. And the kids were like, what do you, what do you want me to do with this? <laughs> so all these really pretty things that I did, Aww. like I said before, I had to break it down. Like I had to come back to the basics and really just be more hands-on. To be completely honest, they didn't want to open their Chromebooks sometimes. Like they were like, you know, just had enough. So. I would get them off the screens and we would just, you know, yeah. So that, I heard that a lot. Yeah. Like they were done with technology. They just wanted to be away from it. Yeah. 
Well, yeah. we say that, but then we can't yeah. get them off their phones. But right? Yes. Yes. But I feel like that's different. It is, it's different. Yeah. Is, we'll talk about cell phones. Yeah. yeah. We have questions yeah. about cell phones, too. Yeah, definitely. Oh, I can't wait to answer those. Yeah. honestly, seriously, just supporting those executive functioning skills, that's what mm-hmm. I've had to focus on rather than trying to be new and jazzy and fun. And, yeah. So... A lot of times when we have a uh, plan and it flops, it's hard to make that transition and to like pivot into something that works. Um, what helped you to make that pivot or make that transition? Like, can you talk, tell us about the process of what you look for to tell that something's not working and how you come up with a solution that may work better? Yes, I can tell when my kids are are disengaged like until I can tell when they're bored I can tell when they just want nothing to do with what's going on so I have to pivot like there's no there's really no other way so yeah. whether it's giving them more choice of subject matter or materials or just like stop drop and draw you know I have these like stop drop and draw things where we'll do this fun little challenge or something just to sort of transition and then maybe I can say well you know how, how can we make this better like what do you guys want to do do you want to change the I, I mean, it's art. We can change just about anything at any given yeah. time. And the standards are pretty wide open, you know, pretty pretty broad. So I can I can have some, some fun with that. But, um, yeah, it, it's you just have to read your room. you got to read your people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I do it. Yeah. I feel like that's something that you have to learn over time. Like, I think of first-year teachers um, trying to be able to hone that skill of, being able to determine that kids are not engaged, but then also figure out what to do next. And I yes. think what you said about asking them, like, what can we do different? is so huge. I, like, when, when we do that, I think it really does a lot to um, draw the kids into it and help them feel a sense of agency in the direction that the class is going in. Yep. So what are you learning now? We'd love to hear what you're learning now and what you hope to try out in your classroom in the future. Uh, I know we're kind of wrapping up this year, but what are you looking forward to in the fall? That's okay. I've already started my sketchbook. I always keep a sketchbook of just project ideas and... and I love your sketch notes, like, by the way. Oh, Whenever I see you, you in a meeting and you're doing the sketch notes, I'm like, ooh, I need a copy of that. Yes, that's what my whole sketchbook looks like. But it's, I love just, it. it's really just, I mean, I've already started thinking about next year and what we're going to do and what worked really well this year and what, you know, what kind of didn't, you know? So um, I... I mean, I feel like I'm the consumer of all things because I, I bring on the nerdy teacher books, you know, nice. at all times. Like I uh, am right now I'm reading Personal Authentic, Personal and Authentic Thomas Murray because mm. I was really inspired by that whole thing that we just recently had. He's phenomenal. Um, it was a great PO. Um, and so I'm reading that, getting some good tidbits about just culture building um, because I think that if we don't rebuild the culture of a classroom, like... Not, like learning can't take place if if they're glued to their phones and we are not reaching them. So yeah. whatever fun things you want to do won't work unless the culture is there. So I'm focusing on that. Um, but instructionally, honestly, um, again, taking it back to Catlin Tucker, side by side assessments. She just recent, like recently wrote a blog post about that, and it's not far from what I'm doing. I have not taken grading. I've not taken anything home to grade in years. Probably like since my third year teaching, maybe. Um, everything happens in class, whether it's a quick visual check and it ends up in Schoology or it's a, you know, 
this is what you've got, a self-evaluation, whatever it may be, formative, summative, it all happens right then and there because if it's not immediate and actionable, what are they really going to do with it? What are they going to learn from it? If I take it home and say, oh, well, you didn't do this watercolor technique, right? And they're really like, well, what what do you mean? (laughs) Yeah. That means nothing. Um, immediate feedback. Absolutely. Yes. In in our standards-based CBE world, we, like, the formative process is it's the end all be all. Like if, if you, if the summative is a surprise, especially in art, like there's no way that that big studio project, the grade of that should be a surprise. I've given you so much feedback and, you know, along the way that that's where I want the side-by-side assessment to be. It would be there the whole time, but when we're actually assigning that summative grade on that studio project, I want my kids to be right there with me and they've got their self-evaluation that they've just filled out and there you go. We've worked together on your grade. It's not a surprise, and you took ownership and you just graded yourself, basically. Yeah. And it really won't be a surprise because of the whole process. Absolutely. So, so then, how do you help students um, find those creative ideas, especially when they're stuck? Mm, yeah, it kind of goes back to using your resources. Truly. Um, I'm trying to think. Well, student samples are huge. Like I try to do every project with my students to the to a certain extent. You know, like I will do live painting. I will do. I'll throw up images online. I'll have past student examples to show them. So as long as I'm kind of just feeding them with resources, I'm hoping that that they aren't too stuck. <laughs> but they need to use the resources. Yeah, absolutely. And I like that you give them things that they can think about along the way with those models of yeah. what have, what's what been done in the past and what you're doing in the moment. And even asking, um, just asking questions, probing questions, just yeah. to get them thinking, you know, maybe I could go in this other direction. Or did you think about why you chose blue as the background? Mm-hmm. Like, you're stuck and you don't know why it looks like this, but maybe what would happen if it were black? Mm-hmm. Right. right. You know, see, like, what they say instead of just giving them an it, some advice because I, I do have one student she just wants advice she's like just tell me what to do I am not telling you what to do you are the artist we will work on this together but you're gonna find out and I feel like that's such a common pitfall with certain students who just they want to um, they want to do school well you know like they want to play the game and they want to win and that's how they look at school. It's not something. It's not somewhere to grow. It's somewhere to succeed. And succeed means you're doing everything right. Um, and getting to a class like art class where it's there is no one right answer is really hard. But I think it's a great opportunity for them to grow. It is. And at first they're frustrated with me. But oh yeah. But then they start to realize that I'm doing it from a good place. Um, I think they catch on very quickly. It took a lot longer for middle school, <laughs> middle sure, to catch on quickly to that, like what I was actually trying to do. Yeah. But I think my high schoolers, I think they get it. So. Yeah. And I think it's such a beneficial thing to learn about yourself of like, I don't have to get, if there's more than one right answer out there, if it's open-ended, I can still succeed here. You know, I can still create something meaningful because they get into the real world and that's very much how everything is set up, you know? Yes. And also just going back to you saying like there's no one right answer, just normalizing the fact that like you made a mistake, you just didn't turn out right, you know, that's okay. Like it's fine, you're not penalized, your grade will not be penalized, we already talked about how it's like you're growing, you're taking risks, you're learning the techniques, like it can be open-ended and you're not going to fail. (laughs) I promise you, if you are trying, yes, you'll do great. Oh, I love it. So how can we as a system then promote creativity 
in our students beyond your actual art classroom? Mm -hmm. I think um, doing exactly the same thing, just you know, normalizing mistakes, um, encouraging students to take risks without penalty. I don't know how that works in other classrooms. I honestly, you're a science teacher. I don't know yeah. how you can, I mean, if you blow something up, it, that's a problem. <laughs> it doesn't and, go back together. Yeah, it doesn't go back together. And like, that's a problem. That did not work. <laughs> but maybe you get to reassess or, you know. Yeah. I think the, the idea of reassessment and we, we focus on that at it's big. You have to you have to be involved in the process to be able to reassess. But like there's there's try agains, and yes. I think that's okay. I, I really do. I mean, absolutely. People, there are lots of people that will disagree with me, but I think that especially in art, like there are ways you can just try again. And I've got more paper. <laughs> got more paper. Um, I also yeah. think like I always come back to. Um, just like using the language of creativity when you're giving feedback also so yeah thank you for working hard or like thank you for taking that risk like you see what happened and um what else was I thinking about just you know you've explored a variety of ways to do this blah 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 so you just have to think about what you're saying when you're saying it absolutely yeah and um you talk about science, like you blow something up, there's no fixing it, but there are really great opportunities to learn from your mistakes and um, change things and make them better along the way. Um, and that's why I think formative assessment across all content areas is so important. Um, just to be able to continue to work on a skill or anything before you get really assessed for saying like, yes, I've met this standard. Okay. It's time, time to talk about phones. How do you feel about students using their phones as a tool for creating art? Yes, so I probably already mentioned it, but it has been a very big distraction. Um, it's been like this, this little monster in our, in our high school classrooms. Mm -hmm. um, I think that elementary school, you know, that's totally different. I think yeah. in middle school, little bit more of like a school-wide policy happening most of the time um, in high school it's very 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 difficult so we as teachers have been trying to be as creative as possible however when you talk about using it as a tool for creating art I think there there's a difference between creating art with your phones and using your phone as a resource um, in terms of creating photography okay you're sure. absolutely, you should absolutely be using your phone and the photo editing software that's on your phone that's great that's perfect yeah. that's creating art with your phone there are apps, there are coloring apps, there are um, color combination apps, there are, it's Google Arts and Culture, like using it as a resource in that way, or even just creating art on one of the apps. Great. But anyway, there's a lot of different things. So you can definitely create art on your phone, but Chromebooks and computers and school-issued devices and school Wi-Fis can do a lot of the same things. So there are intentional ways that you can use your phone. Absolutely. I'm not for, you know, taking it away, but I have some ideas going into Please the share. next yes. year. I have to, because I've been working on this for the Vanguard Summer Academy. <laughs> and it's, it's just going to be like an infographic, but I think that high school teachers really just need some resources on how to combat this in a, in a way that might work. <laughs> so... Here's my first strategy. Okay. okay I'm going to give them a brown paper bag and they get to decorate it, but I'm not telling them what they're doing it for. Okay. So this is like unconventional art. We're doing art on a brown paper bag. Well, that brown paper bag is your phone's home. 
while you're working. Oh it doesn't have to gosh. go anywhere. It can sit right in front of you. You can see it the entire time. But that brown paper bag is yours and your phone is going in it. And I tried the brown paper bag this year and I just wasn't as consistent with it. But it did say like phone timeout. And that's like a negative connotation. It is. So, yeah. so I realized that I reflected on it didn't work. Okay. But the brown paper bag is coming back. They will have access to their phone at any time. But it's just a way enough that maybe it's not going to be as big of a distraction. And I'm also going to build in, everything's going to be on a timer next year. Like I have, um, I have. Uh, like timelines listed on the board like here's the time for the creativity activator here's time for studio time and then we're going to do this and I put that out there just to help executive functioning like they sure. the time frame and I'm really pretty good about sticking with it but next year everything's going to be on a timer and there's going to be scheduled tech breaks like every even every like 15 minutes check your phone just like relieve the anxiety that you didn't miss a message from whoever or you know, and then at the beginning of each class, like, I need you to, I'll, I'll even give you two minutes to do it, but just tell whoever you're talking to that you're going to be back in however long. Yeah. Like, I have to be realistic about it because I think that there's, there, it's not going to work if you just try to, like, take it away. Yeah. Like, yeah. I just know it won't work. Yeah. So I'm trying to figure out ways to just manage it. Um, yeah. And I think also just talking, like, candidly with parents and students and just being like, look, these are the effects, and you're just not getting the most out of what you what you are here for. And maybe that will work. Maybe it won't, but I'm going to try it. <laughs> yeah. But I think the paper bag, the tech breaks, like, knowing that it's not something that I want you to stomp on and get rid of you don't even have to turn it off just please just put it away and I want to focus on creating whatever I can to make them forget about it like if they're moving or if they're they've got paint on their hands and they don't want to touch their phone you know so that type of thing I just have to be I just have to think about that ahead of time like what are they going to be doing where they can forget about this yeah soft pastels right soft pastels yes super chalky yeah you know what I might actually just create like all the messiest I'm going to do paper mache next year plaster chalk pastels Um, play no drawing and painting in this classroom right (laughs) unless it's finger painting yeah exactly I want to know how that goes I'm really excited about the brown paper bag idea that sounds fabulous it sounds really great right now I'm hoping that when I actually implement it it goes over well I love the idea of decorating the bags yes well I have an unconventional because it makes it it provides ownership exactly yep and one of my first projects is always unconventional art and it's like all these artists who create art on unconventional surfaces so this past year we did cardboard. The year before that we did um, junk mail envelopes, um, and brown paper bag is, is my next one. There's also a guy that I found online somewhere who he drew all these little characters on his son's lunch bags. I think it was it was somewhere on social media. Every day for the whole school year and took pictures of them, and they were so cool. So I will obviously using that as a resource. Very cool. Well, it's time. Yeah. For our rapid fire questions, are you ready, oh, Lindsay? All right, take a sip of your java. So um, this is a time when we ask questions just very specific, just real quick questions Mm -hmm. um, for you to answer. Um, I get the right answers. (laughs) These are open-ended questions. Oh, okay. All right. So it's not like blue or red. Okay. No. Somewhat open-ended. And I know this is like because people always say to me, what's your favorite book? My question to you is... What artist inspires you right now? Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I can very quickly answer that one because she is a working artist now, Alyssa Burke. She is so much fun. She creates the best videos. She uses 
like inexpensive supplies to create these masterpieces. It's all layered painting and just really vibrant, fun stuff. So when you say inspires, like that's like, she's my go-to. If I need to find a video and she's easy to like listen to and everything, I love her. A-L-I-S-A Burke, awesome. She's awesome. Amazing. Um, Favorite lesson or unit you currently teach? We talked about fan favorites, but you have one that you right, personally right. love. Me personally, I love self-portraits. Mm. Could not go wrong. I provide a lot of choice, which sometimes really intimidates the kids. But I, I've got a playlist for each choice, so we can we can work that out. But self-portraits are just so like they tell stories, and I make sure that they tell stories. And it's not necessarily just you have to create this very realistic portrait of yourself. It could be a representational. Um, still life that is the self-portrait or it could be your eye and it's a surrealistic eye and inside like looking inside your eye could be telling something about it so it's a fun one for me to teach because I just I love seeing what they create I think it's a hard one for them to get into sometimes because they do have to be so creative and they have to really think mm-hmm. but hopefully I can I don't know I'll just keep I'll keep teaching it, it to be very yeah observant too, if you yes it. yeah which is an important skill. Right. And as a teacher, I'm all over the place because people are creating like stuff that's so different from one another that I have to, I'm in a lot of places at once. But I still love teaching it. That's my favorite. What's some advice you have for the new art teacher? The new art teacher. Just be flexible. Honestly, not everybody has to create the same thing at the same time. Have some you know, expectations for supply management and give them the opportunity to use different supplies and like you're obviously going to be teaching one technique or one skill at any given time but just you know if you want your students to be engaged you're going to have to be flexible and open open just be open and have fun with them and honestly if you're teaching an art class like new art teachers love to come into art teach or art classes and they want to dive really deep into the art the art history there is a there is a time and a place and it's easily <laughs> integrated into every single project do not get me wrong there is an art history and contemporary art component to every single lesson but please don't lecture on art history <laughs> you will lose your kids you know like i said there's a time there's a time there's a way to do it sure i'm happy to help yeah <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming today, Lindsay. I hope you um, enjoyed your drink and yes. our company. It was yeah. awesome spending time with you once cool. again. Yeah, that was so, so fun. And I hope you have a great summer because we yes. were, what, two days now yeah. from summer? I don't know. This one might be a two little days. bit different. Two days. But, one uh, and a half. It's a two-hour early dismissal on the mm-hmm. last day of school, right? Yeah. So. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Sure. And uh, this is Innovators Drinking Java. And we look forward to recording again. Yep, episode three, coming up soon.